Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rage! I see. I see. Yeah, it's been a little while since we said hello. I think it's uh, four years since our last podcast, but we thought rather than buggerising you around for another week, uh, Rach is uh, in the Alfresco studio and I'm currently semi-alive in Canberra after a very, very long budget night. How are you, gorgeous? I'm good. How are you? Please explain the budget to me after you've drunk your Coca-Cola. <laughs> now, I don't drink, but I'm currently wearing an I Love Fireworks hat. <laughs> it's after lunch. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to sleep. Oh, I didn't get home from post-budget drinks partying, uh, mixes, rah, 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 till 4.30 this morning. Wow. 4.30 this morning. Now, you oh, no think, drink. Well, no drink. But you would think that, God love Asher, but a night without baby, without wife, without interruption, you'd be in bed at 8 and you'd be waking up at 9 and you'd be happy because you had an entire cut. No, not this puppy. Not Murray, we all know that even though he doesn't drink and he's only high on sugar, P. Murray doesn't mind a little party. You are always the last one to leave. You have a stamina like your diet should not allow. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. But I tell you what, a few smokes were put away. (laughs) But but eventually, so of course, I'm down here for the budget for Sky News and the the program's on nine o'clock weeknights. Well done. (laughs) Got to get it done. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so afterwards, okay, for those who don't know the process, there's this absurdity where all the reporters get locked up for hours and hours and hours before anything actually happens, right? Then the budget happens, then everyone does their analysis shows, whatever, and then everyone goes out. But there's like a Labor Party pub, there's the Liberal Party pub, and there's like all of the millionaire hangers honors and, and, and lobbyists and all of these people. Now, last year I made the mistake of going to the lobbyists' party, Rach. Oh, dear. I must say, uh, I did find it a little bit uncomfortable when I saw, literally like a caricature, two bosses of multi-million dollar corporations chinking glasses because, oh, offshore detention. (laughs) (laughs) You just go, oh, I I have to leave now because I'm not having celebration drinks with the locking up of refugees thanks to the taxpayer. Which party is the equivalent of the Vanity Fair post-Oscars after party? Which is the go-to, gotta get an invite, that's the one you need to be at party? Well, because this is a town of nerds the vanity fair one is a big fundraiser for whoever the government party is in the Mm. great hall and that's the one where you know gina reinhardt all of those type of you know they're they're all there i was not invited to that Uh (laughs) but no no so afterwards uh, it's sort of a bit of free-for-all when it comes to pubs and all the rest of it there's two pubs in canberra one's called the public and it's very much like a bit of a sort of newer New York style pretend hipster bar. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, uh, so that's where all the Labor Party people go. And then mm. the, uh, there's a place called the Kennedy Room. Of course, there is. Where all the uh, where all the Liberal Party people go. Last year I went to the public, and I won't lie to you, Rach. I'm not liked by a lot of people in the Labor Party. <laughs> yep. It was very uncomfortable. 
and the feeling was a little bit like a fart in a lift going up Centre Point Tower, and everyone knows the fat guy did it. <laughs> so, so ended up over at the Kennedy Room, and you know all the newspaper people, and I don't know what it is. God love newspaper people, but. All they do is talk about how much newspaper people drink. Oh, really? Like it's you know, like sort of like footy players. They're all, oh mate, how good was last time when Dazza and Wizard and you know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's sort of trying to outdo each other. I just don't understand the social convention that is. Let's hang out talking about other times we hung out. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. That amazing time that we got really wasted and had a great time and now we're feeding off that time every time we meet up because apparently we can't have a good enough time in the present moment. We've got to refer back to that good time. Correct. It feels to me like a bit of sort of awkward wedding conversation, you know, like when somebody will sort of go, just to fill the room a bit, it'll just be, geez, the uh, weather's been a bit crazy. Yeah, no, 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 it has, it has. <laughs> Did you see in Queensland, it's it's also weather. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So how, I mean, what was going on until 4.30 in the morning? Well, look, I'm a married man and I don't tell stories (laughs) outside of things, Rach, but all I'll say is uh, there was a queue for Murray. There was a queue for Murray? No, of course there wasn't. (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. So part of the last couple of weeks that we've had a break for the podcast have been mostly because I've been knee-deep in some family things. Slash part of the whole rehab. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so part of the last couple of weeks has been a process of trying to go through a whole bunch of storage that my dad has stored for a long time. And there are a whole bunch of fairly pressing reasons why we need to get onto this immediately, which I won't go into. Um, so anyway, we've been going through the process. My dad has a lot of stuff in storage, like an unbelievable, unnatural amount of stuff in storage. And it's been sitting there for a very long time. So finally, Finally, one of his family friends got him to see the light because I've been trying for a long, long time. So we've been knee-deep in these containers for ages going through stuff. And there is a moment of kind of, I don't know what you'd really, what the word to describe it would be. Embarrassment isn't right, but it's around that kind of area. Yeah, there's a sort of, uh, uh, there's no place like home, Dorothy sort of clicking heels thing. We go, I need to be anywhere but here. Yeah, it's just a sort of moment when you realise that, you know, there's a quarter of one fairly large storage area that's been being paid for for a long time and you discover that it contains nothing but milk box crates full of rags. Uh, (laughs) Why? Well, Dad used to be a builder and had a lot of, you know, and when you're a builder and you're dealing with paints and things, you you know, you need a lot of rags all the time. You don't need to hang on to those rags for 25 years. This is, this is, look, you know, Shani's got the same problem. Mm. Not literally about keeping old rags around the joint, but this idea of, oh, but I might need it one day in the future. Bullshit. (laughs) Anything you put in storage is a statement, I'm not going to use it, I'm not going to touch it, and I desperately hope somebody steals it so I don't have the guilt of throwing it out. A lot of people use this mentality when they're cleaning out their wardrobe. They say, if I haven't worn it in a year, it goes in the bin. By that logic, we should have just shut the doors on all of these storage facilities and given them over to somebody else because this stuff's been sitting there for over 20 years. There is nothing in there that my dad has used, but we made made the poor decision of getting him to come with us on the first day, and it was just my dad not helping us pull anything out of the storage facility, just going through 
the things that we had lined up for the tip, putting them back in the storage area. Dad, so what did you try to save? Because this is is an episode of Hoarders, by the way. Yeah, it is. And what did he try to save? You never know when you're going to need four plastic buckets, P. Murray. Oh, come on. Four? Yeah. Uh, You know what? We've got to take home that broom because I've only got seven at home in the garage. I mean, things that were just ridiculous. So then on the second day, we thought we're not bringing Ronnie C up there. We're not going to do it. So we had a car full of stuff to take to the tip, which, P.S., is the most expensive exercise out. Correct. But can you believe that you have to spend so much money not to dump shit by the side of the road? Yeah, I have a total understanding of where people go, oh, well, someone else will deal with that and put it out the front of the house because it cost $110 to get rid of not a really great deal of garbage just to throw it on the tip. Like, well, how's, this, how's this for the rort? Like at those transfer station things, so like whatever, the, the, the pre-tip, the, the, the sorting tip, the fancy oh, yeah. tip, they charge you to drop it off into like the specific green waste thing that they mulch up and they sell to landscapers. <laughs> How does this work? It's the biggest rort you've ever seen. Anyway, so uh, on the way to the tip, we blew a tyre quite significantly. And can I just do a big shout-out to the NRMA? Are there a greater bunch of blokes than the NRMA blokes? Have you ever met one that wasn't delightful? No, correct, 100%. Lovely people, nature's gentlemen. They are the nicest guys. Anyway, anyway... So flash forward, um, I've got a I've got a van full of chemicals that I need to drop off at, at Marrickville Council Works for the free chemical drop off <laughs> that apparently every man and his dog goes to because I was there on the weekend. But I was planning on going early in the morning to drop this stuff off, and I get a call at three thirty a.m. from my father saying, God, I've been up all night worrying. I don't think you should go tomorrow. I just think you might get another flat tyre. And I was like, um. (laughs) (laughs) What garbage. (laughs) I said, well, if I get another flat tyre, I'll get the NRMA. Oh, but I haven't put another spare on. Well, then I'll sort that out when it comes to it. Let me go to sleep, Dad. We go to sleep. Ten minutes later, phone goes again. It's 3.40 a.m. Seriously, this is ridiculous. My, if my parents called me after nine, I assume a family member has passed. I thought he was going to tell me, I need come and get me, I need to go to the hospital. It's 3.30 a.m. What does your father ring you at 3.30 a.m. except for the fact that I can't get an ambulance to come? Will you come and get me? So then he calls back at 3.40 and he says to me, Rach, you're going to have to put petrol in the car. Oh, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And then says, and there's a red light camera on Ramsey Road. Oh, stop. <laughs> Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, I have some breaking news for you. So, breaking news. I don't know. Hopefully that came across on Skype. Oh, yes, by the way, to the audio files, uh, yes, Rachel's on Skype, so I'm recording her call. And I hope this works. Well, yeah. well, otherwise, it's going to be one of us just pausing, assuming yeah. the other one's being recorded. Exactly. <laughs> oh, now, I know this is one of your pet hates, which is celebrities uh, sourcing up their backstory in order to flog a movie. Enter. Two-time Award winner. Yep. Kate Blanchett. Right. I know it. Seriously. Seriously. Oh. What's this? Apparently, Kate Blanchett has admitted that she is or was bisexual. You know, P. Murray, this, this 
above so many things grinds my gears. What have I said a number of times? For those of us who were in any kind of university drama society, big warp. You know, everybody does. Let me read between the lines there, Rachel. (laughs) But seriously, this always happens. Who cares? Okay, you passed a couple of birds like earlier on in your career. You're in theatre. Shit happens. Whatever, move on. But also, I mean, I couldn't quite work out the tense. I'm assuming it's past tense. I mean, good luck to her if she's by now and that's fine. But also what what sort of annoys me about these revelations is I don't mind if they come out in a general interview where it's meant to be about something else and then just you get into that area of conversation. She's Mm -hmm. flogging a movie (laughs) with a bisexual character. And to be honest, I always thought that Kate Blanchett was a little bit more classy than that, you know, like she, that she was just a little bit less. Well, forgive me, obvious. even though I'm I'm joining in the shit canning. I'm very pleased with the news. I have I have uh, pictured the scenario because, as you know, despite the many differences we would have, I think Kate Blanchett's quite a beautiful. She's a how do I say this without getting myself into trouble? Uh, a celebrity <laughs> out, if you will. A whole part. Yeah. She's your whole past. Well, look, I, I'm not going to lie and say that over 20 years with Sean, I haven't collected a few. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met anybody who has Kate Blanchett as a whole past. Oh, Do you really? think... She's gorgeous. I think she's stunning. I think she's absolutely stunning. Yeah, you but think I... she's a little boring in the sort of department? I think she's stunning in an Elizabethan way. I don't know whether she might be not adventurous enough in that department. Says she who stands by the Mish as... (laughs) That's true. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. And guess what I did on the weekend, Paulie? Did you dance backwards to the sound of the moon walk? What? <laughs> I'm tired. I'm so tired. And it was my love and loyalty to you when we're both just gone. Because, you know, the, the text messages go back and forth and I was starting to smell the look, Paulie, we can do it tomorrow. But I went, no, 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 let's do it today. So yeah. my apologies, right? No, 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 you've pushed through and I'm very proud of you for pushing through. By the way, uh, I'm so- doing the podcast in my undies. Hello. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the listeners at home, oh wow, that was a tilt down of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm wearing the I Love Fireworks hat, a business shirt from last night, and uh, apparently stripy bonds. A pair of underpants. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. I, I do appreciate it, especially seeing as it doesn't matter if you are a size 6 or a size 26. What is it about thighs when you sit down? Oh, um, ludicrous. Awful when like, you sit down. Look, oh, forgive me. Like, I'll back myself in here. My thighs aren't my worst physical feature, but every time you sit down, they look ridiculous. I know. Can you do the uh, other way, the little tip down, just so we're even? At some other point in the podcast, can you do a tip down of your camera for me? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the, the Backstreet Boys is where I was getting it. I went to the Backstreet Boys on Saturday night. Oh, how was it? 
It was a grand old time. I went with some girlfriends of mine from school and one of my roommates. It was a bit of a trip down memory lane. I tell you, they're looking good. They're looking sharp. Apparently, my girlfriend that I went with had gone to their concert a few years ago and said that Nick Carter, the main dude, was a little bit fat. So he'd obviously kind of slimmed down a bit in the interim and they you know, got themselves together. But it was one of those things where you sort of start to realise how old you are. This is the thing. <laughs> Where everyone's, I was, I was having a chat last night with a mate who um, was from Adelaide, and she was a, a massive goth in the nineties or something. Mm-hmm. And she said there was some reunion at this goth club when everyone's gone back, and it's just fat people, and creepy <laughs> vampires. <laughs> Ironic creepy vampires, like accountant vampires. Yeah, it's always that moment where you... I think the first thing for me was... Well, for starters, I met Christy Williamson. Oh, the lady who you would like to live in. That's it, exactly. Her and I I went together. Um, How very Kate Blanchard of you. (laughs) We met up at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right, because we wanted to get started. Confirmed. No, it's not. No, no, that's fine. No, 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 seriously, it's, it's okay. You're the one sitting there in a business shirt and you're under pants. the I Love Fireworks hat. It's the complete package, ladies. So we met at four o'clock and Christy turned up a little bit early. So she was talking to the guy behind the bar and he said, oh, what's your sort of, you know, favourite spirit? She said, oh, I don't know. I don't really mind tequila. Sometimes he's like, oh, I've got this great tequila. Let's have a shot together. Anyway, when I arrived, she was sitting in a booth and said, oh, I had to actually walk away from the bar because I was so embarrassed. This guy pulled out a tequila shot and downed it in one go and I sort of sipped it. So that was step one. And then on the way to the concert, I realised I'd forgotten my glasses. So I... <laughs> Hang on. You know it's not a French film. You don't have to read subtitles. No, I know, but you want to see them and you sort of realise, oh, I remember the last time I kind of went to a concert as like a teenager and I didn't need to worry about bringing my glasses because I had 20-20 vision. And then the concert went to 10.30, which I thought was pushing it. You're, but you, this is the, you are surprisingly fickle about the late night. 9.15, I'm willing to give you 9.15. That's, that's good. That'll give me time to get home. I'll be in bed by 10 o'clock. Seriously. You also realise that you're a bit older when the merch that you purchase is a mug. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Now, Rach, I just wanted to say, uh, and I, I posted it and put it everywhere, what you wrote about your mum on Mother's Day was beautiful. Now, oh. you are such a good daughter, and what you wrote about your mum on Mamma Mia, honestly, like, I don't blub much, but I was I was on the blub. Oh, my love. Well, I, well, well, we don't get very serious very often on this podcast, but I just, like, my, you know, my mum has Alzheimer's. She's been battling with it for 10 years, and she's now in that stage where she's kind of going into hospital a fair bit, and things are, you know, really starting to get a bit more serious. And I, I was speaking to her on Sunday on Mother's Day, and she was just so positive and you know like clearly petrified and confused and didn't know what was going on but just I was so proud of the way that she dealt with that and I think sometimes when you know you're in that situation and you've got a parent who's been sick for a long time I mean it becomes your reality that's how it is but there's a part of you that sort of wishes you could be you know going to lunch like everybody else or like going and going shopping or you know going to the movies like I haven't been able to do that stuff with my mum in years and years and years but then you sort of have one of those moments 
where you realize, you know what, I think the way that this life has ended up has taught me more than any of that could ever have taught me. I wouldn't have changed as much as, uh, you know, as a person from that kind of life as I have from this one, you know. But also it's that thing where, and you know, a big, a big sort of point in what you wrote about is that idea that it's like, hey, not everyone's, and it's such a good point, not everyone's Mother's Day looks like the Facebook feed of everyone else, you know. So there's this whole sort of world that's beneath the veneer of awesome that everyone else puts out there. And I think sort of to a degree too, it's the bullshit self that people put out there on Facebook. That, That doesn't mean going to lunch with mum means you're a fake, but it's just the idea that nobody ever tells the rest of the world hey this is what's going on and i'm not awesome about it and for you to share your mum's fear yeah just i'd love you i really love you oh well you know i mean and and you guys too were with leo and things like that like you know all of these things for mums having mother's days that are different for everybody else you know those days are just as important for everybody else and so if you had a a mother's day like that as well then we salute you and hit the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. So I was reading today, Paulie, about the fact that Honduras is the murder capital of the world. Isn't that where you went diving? This is my point. So I lived you there. You mean I remembered something about the deep, dark past of <laughs> yeah. Arcorbet, apart from hanging out maybe with Sheila's in theatre groups? <laughs> yes, you did. So I lived there for a short time working as a diver and I still remember Honduras. What did the wetsuit look like? Did it just did it just enhance or remove the feminine curves? You see, this is the thing about the wetsuit. For a man, a wetsuit is an attractive thing. For a woman, it is almost impossible to look attractive in a wetsuit because for a man, it defines all of those areas that are nice to be defined. For a woman, it just flattens you completely and makes you look like a 13-year-old boy. So (laughs) wetsuits are terrible. But my wetsuit in particular um, at the dive shop, which I became very, very attached to, we called the 80s throwback because it was the one wetsuit in the collection that had been there since the 1980s, had the fluoro pinks and purples, and I just thought it was so adorably ridiculous that that's what I, that I, well, that's what I wore all the time. Beautiful. But I remember when I turned up to Honduras, and this was in my 20s when I was a bit of a don't really know what I'm doing, travelling the world but not really sure where I'm going type of person and to be very very honest I had met people somewhere else in Europe who had told me about this place where you can work and get your dive master and things and um, all at the same time. It's the murder capital of the world but you'd be great. These are criminal (laughs) gangs who were trying to get you to become part of their syndicate. Pretty white girl come and come to Honduras. But I emailed this company and said look you tell me what plane to book to go where and I'll turn up and whatever. I got a plane, I got to LAX, I got on a plane, then I had to get on another one of those tin can planes. I followed my itinerary, but if I'm very, very honest, when I arrived in my destination, because I was in a little place called Roatan, which is a tiny island off the coast of Honduras, I didn't actually know where in the world I was until I came to the dive shop and asked them if they could point it out on a map. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I had not actually looked up where I was going. I just knew the name of the airport. I kind of thought I might be in South America, but I was actually in Central America. How how are you not in jail? Because this sort of (laughs) mid-20s naivete is you accidentally smuggling drugs because somebody goes, can you just pick up this bag for me? Sure. Anything could have happened. And when I turned up, I had absolutely no travel insurance because why would you prepare for, like, travel disasters? What is wrong with you? (laughs) 
But, you know, I was the reason that this jogged my memory was that I remember the first day I turned up and they picked me up in the back of this ute. Uh, that was with ta- that we- windows <laughs> and rope. <laughs> this is it. So this was the ute that we took to and from work every day. And there was one road from the top to the bottom of the island and everything else was kind of, you know, dirt tracks and things. <laughs> and thank you for flashing me your underpants quickly there. Uh, Anyway, there was no seats in the cabin. You had to sit in the back tray of the ute. So I thought, gosh, this isn't terribly safe. And when we turned up to the dive shop, I found out that not only was the country, um, it had the highest per capita murder rate, also 60% of the Central American population who have AIDS live in this area. And everybody that has a driver's license doesn't have to pass a test to get it. They just go to the shop and get one. So I have never rung the travel uh, insurance hotline quicker to get myself some travel insurance. But reading that article, I think it is a lucky thing I got out of there alive. Wow, that's brilliant. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Rach, free publicity to weird website that everyone's now going to go on and your internet history will have to be instantly cleared after we discuss it. Kink B&B. It's like Airbnb, but for people who are after something a little more. Seriously, this is a thing where you can go on and sort of do Fifty Shades of Grey tourism... Uh, by the way, it's referred to by its founder as sex-positive service, meaning kinky travellers don't have to risk sneaking in their punishment paddles and spanking straps. They're provided for you. Wow. Now, you're up for most things, Rach. <laughs> and you also like a bargain. Someone sent you a link to this website as where you're staying. I think that they have probably seen a bit of a gap in the market here because did you recently see that story about the couple who rented out their home on Airbnb and came home to find it trashed after there was a mass orge in it. Really? The state in which this house was left. Like, I think to myself, okay, all right, you can have a few people around, you can have an orgy, okay. There might be a bit of the uh, the results of a bit of sexual intercourse. I, I just wanted to see how you'd get there. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were saying. I was paying full and absolute <laughs> attention, but I was just going to go, no, no, I'm going to let Rach paint the visual picture of an orgy. Well, I appreciate that. But, you know, I don't really think that there was a massive amount, unless you're sort of into the chocolate body butter kind of style stuff that, you know, you're going to kind of get around the joint. This place, there was like tomato sauce and mustard on the sofa cushions and things torn to shreds like a dog had been in there and like torn the... Like, people are crazy. And this happens to Airbnb people all the time. So maybe this kink B&B thing is fulfilling a uh, sexy niche that is needed. Well, speaking of uh, kink and the different tastes that people have, Rachel, uh, do you have your phone around you? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. I-, I want you to read to everybody the story that I have just sent you and I want you to click the video that goes with it. Oh, God. All right. The headline is, this man is having sex with a car tail pipe. Enjoy? Apparently <laughs> <laughs> some bloke in Brazil, obviously the poster child for mental illness. But wow. what is going on there? Because here comes the video, Rach. Oh, God, here we go. Oh, 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 my God. <laughs> 
No. Oh, it's like he's a little dog on the back of a... And he even turned around and saw that someone was filming him and he just kept going. This is, you know, and last night, last night I was having a conversation with somebody saying there's no kooky people left in the world. I am sending this video. Okay, let me ask you. I don't know much about... No, I have never in my life. (laughs) I don't know much about cars, but wouldn't that scrape? (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. Paulie, what are your thoughts about Hang the... On, sorry, I just realised from this angle uh, mm. on the Skype, uh, mm. don't screen cap this, I do look a little bit chat roulette, don't I? Yeah, you look so chat roulette. <laughs> yeah. Just, just the sort of leaning back, uh, yeah. whatever, hotel room. <laughs> Microphone resting in what looks like a glass that I can't see, but I think there might be whiskey in it. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Whiskey glass because my mic stand broke, right? So here we are in the mobile studio. And your mic stand is a whiskey glass. <laughs> this is the heady heights of stardom. Yes, seriously. Uh, now, today is going to be quite a short potty because, um, Paulie, you're in Canberra. We're doing it Skype scenes. You've got to get into all sorts of budget style gear. You've got lots of important stuff to get up to down there. I know that this is kind of like your moving and shit. You know, when P. Muzzy gets to Canberra, he's kind of like doing the Saturday Night Live down the main drag. Hey, yo, what's happening? There you. a little bit of, I think you called it uh, Mayor Murray action, where it's just lots of vote. <laughs> right, thanks for your vote. It's infectious around here. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd be loving it. So I just wanted to ask you what you thought about the credit card minimum amount idea that happens. You know when you can only, like if you want to use your debit card, not oh, even yes. a credit card, you yeah. have to spend a minimum of, say, $10. What do you think about that as a concept generally? I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, I I understand from the small business people to get boring here, like there's fees and stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't understand. Isn't it still like if you bought something for $3, isn't it still 3% of $3? Are there fees though if you're using just a debit card and not a credit card? Because that's where I sort of think to my myself hang on the money's there it's just that we're using the plastic anyway i say this because i went to get the old face waxed today yes looking lovely huh sans mo look at you you (laughs) well on the behalf of 2.0 well done (laughs) um i know i know he doesn't like it when i give him bash rash So I went to get the old Mo waxed and uh, came out and it, it came to a total of $24 for the old eyebrows and the Mo. And so I gave them my debit card and they said, oh, no, it's a $25 minimum. Oh, I said, well, well, for a start, that's a touch steep. But secondly, I'm a dollar short of the $25 minimum. Surely you can just push it. Yeah, this is made up by you. This is not legislated. This is no. not some sort of line in the sand that we can't possibly change. Exactly. So then I say, okay, well, I'll pop down to the ATM. So I go down to the ATM and I've got no cash in that specific debit card. So I come back, I said, I've got no cash. Well, you know what? I think what you're going to have to do is buy a gift voucher for a manicure. So then I ended up having to spend $70 to just get away with the $25 minimum of their credit card policy. So get ready, regional radio man. This is how he did yep. this. So it wasn't just the hair that you got ripped off with. <laughs> You are tired. (laughs) Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page.
And that's our little podcast for this week. Fingers crossed, all be willing, uh, we will be back next week. Uh, it is just life gets in the way. It's not because we don't yeah. love you. Please get in touch with us on the Facebook page uh, and all the rest of it. No pornos tonight. Just a simple cuddle between friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, one more look of me and me undies. Oh, God almighty. It's the sparse hair all the way up the thigh. Excuse me? What, what is the, why is this wrong? No, I just haven't seen, usually like thigh hair stops about three quarters of the way up, but you seem to have it all the way up to your crotch. What? What's wrong with that? Isn't that normal that you don't have body hair like everywhere? No, no, I think that there's supposed to be like at least a quarter of leg that doesn't, you know, it's like those women whose pubes match up and like join their thighs and they actually have to, when they go and get a wax at the beautician, actually have to get it all the way down to their knees because it's just like 70s bush all the way down the thigh. Well, thank you for destroying my body confidence and now I have to go and visit (laughs) an establishment in Fishwick to try and get it back. Just make sure you bend over $25. (laughs) Or you're getting a gift voucher next week for Christmas. Exactly. See you later. You're listening to Paul and Rach.